it booked for more than my mortgage. And I was like, oh my God, this is one weekend. And I told my parents and I, I remember my mom, I like walked downstairs because I was staying at my parents' house at, at this point. I was just back for whatever reason. And then I hear her like talking to my dad. She's like, do you know that Bryce just got a booking for three days? That's more than his mortgage. My dad's like, wow, that's great. And I was just like sitting upstairs like, ha ha ha, told you. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Bryce Garcia, Bryce works in sales for a SaaS company by day and is building his own collection of STRs by night. When Bryce's mom found out that he had bought a condo in Austin, sight unseen, during the middle of the pandemic, and planned to live in one room and rent out the other on Airbnb, she thought that he had gone nuts. But when Bryce made enough money over one holiday weekend to pay his mortgage for the entire month, she told Bryce's father, "Mm, maybe this kid is onto something. In this episode, Bryce and I will talk about how to get into the game as a new STR investor, the tech stack that you need from zero to three properties, how to use Twitter to grow your brand and business as an STR entrepreneur, the best people to follow on Twitter for tips on STR investing and business building, and lots more. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Bryce. All right, Bryce, we figured out how to use Zoom and we are live, man. (laughs) How are you doing today? Big day, big day. I'm great. I'm excited to be on finally now that we got that straightened out. Uh, How are you today though? Good man, good man. Yeah, and um, I know that there's you're in a you're in a new office, which is very exciting. It's a little echoey, but we're gonna roll with it because that's what we do. Kind of roll. Um, and we're gonna have a great conversation. Um, so, dude, I I'm pumped to be chatting with you because we first connected on on Twitter, and I've been following you for I don't know maybe like a couple months now, and you've been uh you've been really up in your content production game. I feel like I've learned um a thing or two from from some of your threads recently. So well done there. But um. Um, I'm Thank excited. You. I'm excited to to dive into a a more uh, thorough conversation, get to know you a little bit better, and see what sort of secrets or uh, ideas you might have for those who are those who are tuning in. One of the um, one of my favorite ways to kind of kick off the show, just to get folks uh, to know you a little bit better, is to kind of throw a fun kind of opening question at you. So. My question for you um, is slightly different than the questions I've asked other folks. Um, so if you've been listening for a while, get ready. I like it. <laughs> but Test you, it out on me. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, cool, man. So if you were to show up at a cocktail party, okay, where you know nobody, right? If you don't know a soul at this event, what are what are you drinking? Who might you be talking to? And and ultimately, like, how do you introduce yourself? Again, you don't know a soul. You you can be anybody, right? How uh, mm-hmm. h- how do you sort of uh, conduct yourself at this event? Yeah. Okay. So, how, what am I drinking? We'll start easy. I'm a I'm not a huge. I mean, I drink frequently. Like I go, I like going out to bars and being social and everything. I'm not a like big 
I don't have like a drink of choice. Like okay. I'm not a craft beer guy. I'm not a whiskey guy, but if I'm going to somewhere nice and I want to, you know, I guess impress or not be drinking high noons, I'd probably go with like a, an old fashioned or a vodka soda, Tito soda, lime. Okay. It's either one of those two. Dude, those are very different drinks. I, those are very different drinks in I my know. book, but um, I like it. Hey, that, that yeah. means uh, that means you're an eclectic guy. Cool. I like it. Yep. Good answer. Occasionally, you might catch me drinking a red wine too, but um, I'm not one of those wine people like my girlfriend. She's obsessed, and my parents <laughs> are. They're a different level. Uh, but so who I'd be talking to, usually it's like whoever like kind of makes eye contact with you, and you can just like they seem open and you're open, uh, and you just talk. Like my girlfriend runs some events, and so I was at a at one of these events, and I didn't know anyone besides her. So it was kind of the same situation there was at a wine bar. So I had a wine. I was just like kind of walking around. I see someone who turned to me, looked like they were going to talk. And I'm like, Oh, hello, let's talk. Um, are you, so are I you, are, sorry, are you the okay. kind of person? Cause like <laughs> I was just, I've been at a couple of events recently and, um, events are this weird thing, right? Like networking events. Cause they always have like a cocktail hour or some sort of happy hour. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you can choose to be really social. There are the people that are like there to like be social. And there are the people there that are like, you know, Hey, this is free food and, and free drinks. And I'm just kind of, mm. I'm just kind of here for that. going to sit in my little corner, drink my, drink my little like vodka soda. And then I'm going to head out. Right. Um, and so when, when, when you're at an event, like in, in this scenario, if you kind of do that, the quick little, like you could make eye contact, do you commit? Are you like, Oh, okay. Our eyes yeah, are locked. I'll, I'll I'm, I'm walking you. across the room and I'm going to talk to you. Yeah. Or are you kind of like the, Ooh, smile and uh yeah. you know politely look I'll away talk. <laughs> yeah i'll talk i'm uh i'm pretty outgoing i mean there's definitely times where i'm like i'd much rather be alone or i, I don't want to talk to people i'm head down or whatever but if i'm going to an event i'm going to be social so okay. i'll go up to people um so on this event i was telling everybody like i i do some real estate investing in short-term rentals i i have a full-time job and uh usually like some type of interest about me like I like, so we're in the fall season. I'm always like, I, I love football. That's what I'm into. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I met some, it kind of depends on who you're meeting. Like I met someone who's a pit master the other day at this networking event. So I'm like, Oh, meeting football would be great. And I have like my beef hat on, <laughs> um, but then like another, another person I would run into, it's like, I'm pretty formal and talking about like the real estate investing. So it really just depends on who, yeah, uh, who you're talking to. Do you have like a fun question? Like one of the things I'm always working on is like in these situations, like what's a what's a good like unexpected question to ask? Because because I feel like you know most of the time people want to have a good time, right? Like everyone yeah. wants to be happy, everyone wants to be enjoying themselves, right? And I feel like in these networking situations in particular, you you kind of have to like be a big personality, not like an overwhelming personality where people want like want to walk away from you because you're annoying, but you have to be like. Yeah. You got to be you. You got to be like trying to make people have a good time, right? And so one of the things mm -hmm. I'm always trying to do in these situations is like come up with good questions to like ask strangers. Uh, do you do you have like a go to question or is there is there anything like yeah you you so start a conversation I think the with easiest yeah the easiest one that I've done is like where are you from? It's so it sounds basic, but yeah. like you always get weird answers. They're like, "Where do I live now, or where am I from?" Like, I want to know both. Yeah. Uh, or they're like, "Well, I'm from, I'm from this place, but you don't know where it is." I'm like, "Well, tell me what what place are you from?" Yeah. Um, 
Cause so I know for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, I moved to Austin, Texas. I'm from the Boston area. And if you're, you know, anybody from Massachusetts, we all say we're from Boston because like, you don't know, I'm, I grew up in Sudbury, Mass. You don't know where Sudbury, Mass is. <laughs> my zip, my zip code is seven zero seventeen seventy six Cause oh my uh, God. we're in like a very historic, very historic district where the town next to where the battle of Lexington and Concord happened. I don't know how we ended up with that zip code, but like, that's the area I'm from is where America came to be. But if I said Sunbury, Lexington, Concord Act, no one has any idea. So we always <laughs> say like, we're from Boston. And then you always get to like, learn people's stories. Cause it's like, oh, so I'm from Boston, but I'm in Austin. How did you end up here? Yeah. Well, I, I have a story for that. Uh, so I like that. I have sometimes done like, what are you like so into right now? Or like, what's like one thing that you just can't stop thinking about? Mm, that's a good. My one, one, I really like that. I feel like I'm. It's almost like there's always going to be this that, that person who's like, oh, nothing. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Same old. And you're like, where do I go from here? At least yeah. with where you're from, I get an answer, and I can go from there. Yeah, and uh, honestly, the second question is such a great one. And if if people you know say nothing, then they're probably not. not I mean, like, no, you know, no hard feelings. Yeah, to anyone, but like, they're probably not that worth. Uh, they're probably not worth talking to because they're probably not that interesting. Um, yeah, you gotta go to the bathroom a lot quicker during. Yeah, that conversation yeah, yeah. Or be like, oh my gosh, yeah. so great to meet you. Uh, I just, I, I think I just recognized this buddy of mine who walked in. One of the questions I get asked a lot from listeners is what they should look for in a PMS or a property management system. Now, we're lucky. There are a lot of great options in the market, which can't be said for software platforms in all industries. That said, I always encourage them to take a good look at Guesty for hosts. And here's why. First of all, Guesty's channel manager helps you centralize data across the major booking platforms and stay on top of all of the activity on your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels such as Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. Second, Guesty's automation tools enable you to ensure you connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. You can make custom messages for a variety of situations, from a response to an initial inquiry to a post-checkout follow-up encouraging your guests to leave a review. Third, Guesty for Hosts includes a website builder feature that allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, allowing you to grow your listing's brand value and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty has raised over $170 million, which means that they've got some serious cash to continue to seriously invest in their product. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking to explore a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and Sponstaneous subscribers 20% off their first year when they use the discount code Sponstaneous at checkout. That's S-P-O-N-S-T-A-Y-N-E-O-U-S, Sponstaneous at checkout. You can get started with a 14-day free trial today. No credit card, setup fee, or commitment required, and you can cancel anytime if you don't love it. Once your 14-day free trial is up, use the discount code SPONTANEOUS for 20% off your first year. Guesty for hosts. It's the bestie of top-rated STR superhosts. Well, speaking of that, uh, where, where are you from? Uh, talk, to, talk to us a little bit about like where you grew up, how you grew up. And I'm really interested in 
this is a new question I've added to like my repertoire here, but like what, how, how did your family think about and like talk about money and success? Like, was it something that was regularly discussed? How did your parents like paint what success looked like? Um, if, if they did at all. Yeah. So Sudbury mass is a pretty well-off area in Massachusetts. Like school systems are very good and sports are a big thing. So I grew up, it was like my parents were, they're strict, but fair. So they're like, you're, if you're playing sports, if you're not putting in the full effort, like we're going to have a talk and you're going to be in trouble, which happened a few times in <laughs> uh, school. Like if you're not doing well in school, like the, the teachers are going to reach out to your parents. It's not like one of these areas where like, they're just trying to keep the kids in class at, at the bare minimum. Like at, at, in Lincoln Sudbury, where I went to high school, it's like, you're trying to get into a good college. Um, so I definitely had a good background there. Uh, but the interesting thing is we never really talked about entrepreneurialism, entre- being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship, yeah, yeah. Yeah, entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> I like that um, word, though. That's a good one. Entrepreneurialism. So we didn't talk about that. And like we didn't, my parents didn't do real estate investing. So like I never had any idea of it. Um, I guess like the, what would eventually tie into the Airbnb aspect is I grew up when I, my parents made me get a job pretty early on. And one of my first jobs was I worked at a sporting goods store called Brian's sporting goods store. Uh, it's the oldest family run sporting goods store in the country. Uh, right now they, they used to be in Sudbury, Belmont and Concord. I think now they only have Concord. They've slimmed down, uh, cause the owner passed away, but uh, if you know, like Brian's, I think it's soccer equipment. Like it's from that family originally. Yeah. Um, so it's just pretty cool. So when I was working there, like we obviously competed with there's Dick sporting goods. There's a Medell's that moved in Olympia sports. If that's still around sports 30, I don't even know if that's still around, but all these big box stores are around. So we really had to win on customer service and uh, from like the people I'd meet staying after, like we close at six, there are so many times people come in at five fifty nine looking for lacrosse equipment, which takes like an hour to figure out. So like, whether it was like some of the, the owner staying after, or even driving the equipment to the field to get to some kid or the, the other high school student who was a year above me, who was going the extra mile. I just learned a lot about going the extra mile for customers. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I would say that's where growing up in Sudbury, like you can't, my parents in my school system weren't going to let me slack off. And then working in this environment at Brian Sporting, it's like so customer service oriented. I didn't, even though I never had anything, I didn't really learn about real estate at all until like just a couple of years ago. Like I still had that background, which eventually tied into the real estate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I also feel like, you know, what a cool experience to better understand the importance of customer service, especially in an industry like uh, real estate, where it, it, you know, in large part is, is about customer service. Right. Um, and, and who does that well, whether maybe it's a little bit different on the investment side of things, but still like, you know, if you're trying to buy somebody's home, uh, you want to make sure that (laughs) they like you and you want to make sure that you're treating them well and with respect. And if you're, you know, if you're going to have a fighting chance at, at acquiring that, that home, uh, let alone and your agent. Yeah. And your, your agent, agent. There you go. And yeah. your lender. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, even more, even more so. Um, so, so on that note, how, how did you first get into SDR investing? Like, wh- what's the story there? Yeah, so I during the pandemic when everything was shut down, I I had two sales at my full time job, uh, software sales. So when everything got shut down, it was like my pipeline that we'd expected to close that all stopped because no one was buying anything for a short period of time. It's only like two months or so. If you look back on it, it wasn't that bad, but like at the time where scary. everything stopped, yeah. I was like, I'm lucky to have a job. I know a lot of people getting fired, but even in my case, I have a job, but it's one source of income. And I've been hearing so much over the years, like you've got to have multiple income streams. And I'm like, I commute to work. I work full time. I come home. My brain's dead. Like, how do you, it just seemed like I'll do it later when I'm rich. Yeah. And then it was like COVID hits and it's like, boom, you're stuck at home and you're like very nervous. You're like, Oh, this is not good. Um, but eventually like I, I just, I don't know how I ended up coming across bigger pockets. Actually, it was a friend who told me he was thinking about real estate. And I'm like, where do you even learn that? And he's like, I heard about bigger pockets. So I go to bigger pockets become obsessed <laughs> and that's all that was like the only thing i could do during the pandemic was like just to get my mind off of things because you're stuck at home so i just poured it all into real estate and then uh long story short i was gonna move to austin i had like made that clear um i connected with my agent part of the reason why is i wanted to buy a property in house hack it yeah. after i learned about house hacking and uh austin is like the market i wanted to be in and also it was it's i visited before and it's such a fun town so i was like all right i need to finally leave the northeast because i've been living here my whole life i hate winter (laughs) finally gonna go finally gonna go where it's warm so i went to austin and i ended up uh so my real estate agent who i met through the bigger pockets he was responding to questions on bigger pockets and he also has a podcast called austin real estate investing uh, jordan moorhead if any of you were interested he um he hosted a meetup and was just about different strategies for house hacking and in there learned about how he was back in the day he had airbnb like a part of his like his patio or something like that a part of his so patio like I mean, it was the full patio part of the house, but it was weird. Like he, it was like a, it was a classic, like beginner Airbnb story okay. where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you were literally just like, here's a room. Yeah. Here's I'm a like, room. Here, Stay yeah, here. So, yeah. Give me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically. So he did that. And I was like, well, I can figure that out. And when I had come down to Austin to visit, I had stayed in the Airbnb. I spent about almost a thousand dollars for five days and it was a two bedroom condo, but it was only one of the bedrooms was being used. The other other room was an office. Okay. And I was like, I can totally make more money than this. And then I ended up, my agent, Jordan, sent me a listing that was like the street over from where I was staying. So I, I ended up buying that place sight unseen. So wow. I was like, I, they said, the uh, he was quote, the, the seller said he had made like 30,000 or so doing Airbnb. I'm like, I don't believe you. But I know I, I stayed in the the street over and I know I can make more money than that person's doing. <laughs> so I just like bought, bought it sight unseen and then um, fixed the place up and that's and then it was like, all right, now I gotta get it rented. So I ended up getting it rented as a as like a full time like what like uh, did you rent it well, as I, an STR at first or no? 
well, I wasn't smart about it. So I just like put up my entire calendar. I was like, you can book whatever. So when people were booking, and I was like, oh no, I need some place to stay. <laughs> so I was like, I like this supposed to live there. So then I had to like, I had to block off, like you can't stay here Monday through Thursday because that's, or Monday through Wednesday because that's when I'm living here. But like, if you're going to get, if you're going to book for a, an expensive weekend, I will find a place to stay. Yeah. And I've been, tra- I've been traveling around a lot. So uh, it was easy for me to, those weekends that I wasn't here, I was like, whatever, that's fine. Um, eventually now it's pretty much a full-time Airbnb. But, uh, when I first started out, it's like, just do the mainly do the weekends yeah, and live there during the day or during the, the week. The yeah. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. What I what I love what I, what I love about this story, Bryce, is like I feel like for so for so many folks, it can get really overwhelming to think about like how do you get into this space, right? Especially for like more and more, we've got um, we've got a lot of like different kinds of people that listen to this podcast. I got a couple emails recently from like brand new people who are like just getting into the space, saying that they've been tuning in. So for for those, I think like it can be it can be so overwhelming um, to think about like where to start and depending on how, who, which podcast you listen to and like how much content you yeah. read out there like it can get very overwhelming uh-huh. very quickly there are lots of different strategies but what i like about uh, what you what you just shared is you were like hey i want to go to austin right i know that i want to go to austin i want to live in austin i stayed in an airbnb in austin it looks pretty similar to the kind of place that i see myself buying in austin this guy says he makes this much i don't know if i believe him but i'm pretty confident that i can make more than what he's making now cool let's do it right and you just got into the game and i feel like that's the most important thing is like yes you need to be you need to be smart right but i think sometimes Mm -hmm. analysis like too much analysis really 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 does yield paralysis and i think like there's a certain amount of like guarantee that you are just never freaking going to have and you just gotta you know bite the bullet and and get in the game right i and i feel like you know there are some smart things that you did one like austin okay if it's, it's a it, the market is blowing up there like it's it, it's a place that people are moving to like worst mm-hmm. worst case scenario you could sell it at some point and probably like you know at least break even you're not gonna lose money you know but at the same time, I think like what I love about what you just shared is you found a way that was like, okay, what is the minimal, it's, it's almost like minimal viable product, but almost like what is the, you know, minimal viable uh, experience, right? That, that I need, that I need to be able to kind of come here, get into the game and make this happen. Uh, and, and you figured it out and you did it. So I, I think that that's like just a, a really cool story, really cool testament to the importance of doing a little bit of homework, um, but then just diving in. Yeah, if I could double click on that a bit. Um, one thing was that I can pay off 
or I, if I never rented it to anybody, I would have been able to make the payments myself. So I got approved for a lot higher than what I actually bought for. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you're doing your first one, you really have to be careful with that. And it was like, I knew I was going to be there living there for a year. Like it was never the plan. This is never going to be like my perfect dream home. I was like, this is my first one. I can pay the mortgage if it never gets rented once. Yeah. I'm limiting my risk. I'm going to live here. If it doesn't work out in a year, it's, I'm not going to go under. Yep. So I think that's like, if you're, and another thing I did want to mention, because you were talking about the minimum viable product, which I think was really smart, a uh, good way to frame that. Because now Airbnb, if you're looking on Twitter, it's all about these experiences and all that. And I think if I had just started by researching that way, I don't think I would have done it because it's like, you see people on on Twitter uh, who are amazing people to follow. And now I look at them like they're my people who I try to emulate yeah. for my next one. But like, if I were just starting, I'd be like, that's too much. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, how am I going to get a, like a tennis court in my backyard or something <laughs> like that? Or, yeah. Or it's like, so or, I, or it's like you I, have yeah. to be, you, it's not just about like, getting into real estate it's also about getting into design getting into marketing yes. right like getting into yeah. promote and it, it all of a sudden becomes like a wait a second is this freaking thing a company right and it depending on who you talk to yes it is right um but i it but is. i love that that's that's a really really interesting point because i do think depending on how how much again research you're doing ahead of time seeing some of these big dogs out there that have like done really cool things and are now at a at a point where they can optimize for experiences um, that could be, that could be the goal. That could be the trajectory that you want to head down, but that doesn't mean you have to save every freaking dollar you have until you can mm -hmm. afford to, you know, buy and design this incredible experience, um, that's Instagram worthy that everyone wants to come to. And you're getting like all these DMS from influencers who want to come stay at your spot, right? Like, yeah, if, if, if you can do that, great, but that doesn't mean like, you don't have to be able to do that on day one to like get into the game. And I think that that's a really important takeaway. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm curious uh, on the house hacking front. I want I want to just ask one more question here, and then we can move on to some other things. But what was what was like the most interesting thing that you you learned, and or like what surprised you the most um, during during this process? So you, actually, real fast before you answer that question, timeline here. Remind me of the timeline. So you when did you move to Austin? Was this just this past spring, or was this like a year I, ago? It was last year. So last March, March of 2021. Yes. Okay. So March of 2021, you moved to Austin, you buy this house. How soon after you're living in the house, right? How soon after are, do you get your first guest? So I bought it in June. Okay. End of June. So we, it's probably take about a month for us to, to get it set up. I had my aging Jordan gave me this cleaner Pilar and her husband, Steven, who are like, the nicest people ever. Like they, like I would not have met. It would have taken me months of failed failures of just being awful, and I might have quit if it wasn't for them. They like, <laughs> I, I I reached out to Pilar to be my cleaner. He's like, hey, my husband is into run some Airbnbs, that, and he does handiwork. Are you okay if he like comes and helps you? I was like, uh, that would be amazing. And they have been the most helpful people on earth. Like they they've taken me to go shopping for. Um, like couches and stuff. And they took me to this place in Austin where there's actually it's in Buda. It's a little South. Okay. Um, where it's like, 
I don't know. It's like somewhat of a consignment store, but they work with hotels. So all these hotels just give them their extra stuff. So okay. it's like I my whole setup now is actually from a hotel. And like, <laughs> so they, I mean, these people who are just like, Stephen and Pilar did everything for me to start. Um, so they really helped me that first month. And then right, the day I put it up on Airbnb, I got a booking. Wow. Uh, and then I think I got three bookings within 24 hours, which I know Airbnb, it sounds like they kind of pr- promote the the newer listings, but it was like, oh my God, I just got yeah, a booking. Yeah. And then funny thing was it like, so my mom didn't want me to buy that out. My didn't want me to buy that condo. She was sending me all these other listings. And I was like, I, I already entered an agreement. I'm buying this condo. And she just... She didn't like it. So she was always sending me stuff like to try to be, get me not buy it. But anyways, I buy it. We're hosting it. And it's like the first day I'm going live, second day or something, I get a booking for the Formula One weekend in oh, Austin, nice, which is nice. in October, which was like, it booked for more than my mortgage. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is one weekend. I told my parents. And I, I remember my mom, I like walked downstairs because I was staying at my parents' house at, at this point. I was just back for whatever reason. And then I hear her like talking to my dad. She's like, do you know that Bryce just got a booking for three days? That's more than his mortgage. <laughs> my dad's like, wow, that's great. And I was just like sitting upstairs like, ha ha ha, yeah, told dude, you. You felt, you felt like so yeah. validated. You're like, that's oh, right, yeah, mom. Was, Damn right. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm a big yeah, boy now. Like flexing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like flexing in the mirror and stuff. Like so excited. Uh, but yeah, so that was like within a day. And another thing about that is like now that i am been doing it for a while and I'm using the software, that weekend, the following year, so we're actually coming up on that. Yeah. Uh, it's this October, the Formula One. I think I almost doubled my booking last Jeez. time. With, I think I more than doubled my booking last time for this weekend. Because Jeez, I've been man. using pricing software and I've had the Airbnb, so I'm like, I know how to price it. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Like back then I was so excited to get this booking that seemed like the greatest thing ever. But now I'm like, oh wait, that's I, that was I uh, way underpriced that. Yeah. So on, on yeah, that uh, on that note, was. talk to me uh, a little bit about like your your tech stack because I think a, a lot of the folks that come on the show have like you know, they're managing whole like portfolios or collections and whatnot. And I know like you're newer to the game, which is one of the reasons I've been like super excited to talk to you. Because I think again, for for those who are just kind of turning, tuning in and just like getting into, uh, into the mix here, um, I'd love to, I'd love for you to kind of give them some pro tips. What, what software do you use? Uh, What does your tech stack look like? Um, And then how soon after getting, um, acquiring a property listing on Airbnb, did you invest in these other tools? Yeah. So to answer the last question first, I didn't know about these tools. And so like I was joining one of Diego Corzo, uh, he's a big real estate investor. I was one of his masterminds for short-term rentals. And they're like, how do you message your guests? And I was like, well, I just copy and paste from my iPhone, like update a few <laughs> things. And they were just like looking at me like I was the biggest idiot. <laughs> I had never heard of all these other things, but uh, yeah. So when you look, when you listen to people who have, you know, 30 Airbnbs, like you don't get all that software, you really only need two pieces of software. It's the pricing automation and it's the messaging, like the, the booking, yeah, the messaging where yep. you can do the bookings on. So number one for pricing is price labs. Uh, number two for messaging is hospitable. Okay. I know some people use like guesty or whatever. I didn't, I, I liked hospitable better. Um, 
I think that will cost you maybe $50 in total for both of them. Maybe it's 75. Like it's such an irrelevant cost. I don't okay. even know how much it is, but yeah, it's yeah. like tiny for both of them that you should. It's like a, month, a monthly cost. Airbnb, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's irrelevant. Yeah. Buy it, get it. Uh, so with price labs, it's going to take all the market data on how many searches are happening, the occupancy, the, whatever else is happening, the other listings in the area, how they're getting booked. And it's going to try to get you the best pricing that you can get while also maintaining your occupancy. Yeah. And then eventually as you keep using it for months and months and years later, it's going to take your historical data and use that as well for that pricing and it'll do it automatically. Yeah. So I had been spending like hours of my time. I was going through the list of what are my competitors pricing at yeah. this date? And I was like, or okay, like what events are coming up? Like what holidays are coming up? All that shit. Yeah. 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 Like wait, it will save you so much time. Just get, just buy price labs. I don't even have an affiliate. I wish I did. <laughs> I probably could get one, um, but get price labs and then hospitable, hospitable. So you can actually, without using the uh, hospitable or guessy, you can sync your Airbnb and VRBO listings, like on the platform itself, which you have to do. Uh, but hospitable, you can do that too. And then I use it for the man the messaging software. Yeah. So I get a ton of questions. Every time you get a question, you can just remember the answer and then you can put it into hospitable. So the second you get like, how many pets are our pets allowed? It will automatically send it a response. So I have it from one property, pets are allowed. From another one, they're not allowed. So I have different responses. Uh, questions about parking, same thing. And then the big thing is just like the, the number of touch points you use throughout the stay is pretty high. Uh, depending on who you talk to, but realistically, you're going to send them several messages, but yeah. that entire process can be automated. Yeah. So it's yeah. like from their inquiry to book or from the moment they book to up to a couple of days before, and you're going to send them their guests, their code, their check-in code, all the check-in instructions, everything that's in the house that you want to send them, you can send them. And then also from their checkout instructions, the moment they leave, you can automatically write them a review, which is huge. And all of this saves an insane amount of time. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, That's why I was saying, like, don't even debate buying them. Just, just buy do it. it. Yeah. And then on top of that, so you only need two pieces of software. It's Price Labs your, and Hospital. Yeah, your PMS and some pricing uh, yeah. strategy software. Yeah, cool. and I'm sure, like, other ones can are fine. I just don't use them, so I can't speak to them. But, sure. Um, with the locks, buy the Schlage encode lock. I've heard people say Yale. I don't use Yale, so I can't speak to it. I don't know. But with Hospitable, you it syncs with your Schlage lock, nice. which is like your automatic yep. lock. So anytime a guest checks it, or when a guest books, it will use the last four or six digits of their phone number as the code so they don't forget it. And it automatically syncs with the time they check in to the time they check out. And you never have to touch anything. Yeah, dude, that's so freaking amazing. That's the only tech stack you need. Yeah, dude, I I, I love this, and I think like it's based off of your current subscription, kind of what you're what you're working on. I, I imagine like or working with, I should say, in total, this is probably like one hundred, maybe two hundred bucks a month, right? When when all is said and done, it's less. Things. It's less than that. It's, yeah. Well, so the Schlage is like it might be 300, 400. It's kind of expensive for you. You might look at it and be like, Oh, I don't know if I want to spend that. Just, just buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth <laughs> just doing. Do yeah. it. It's going to think about like how many people are going to check in and the cost per lock, like how many times I use it is like irrelevant. Yeah. So 
for price labs and hospitable, you can definitely get that under a hundred dollars a month. That's that's awesome, man. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. So, okay, I, I want to uh, pick your brain a little bit here. Um, when when did you? So you just bought? Did you just buy a second property, or have you had you bought a second prop? When did you buy your second property? March of this year. March of this year. Okay. Uh, and what what when did you know that it was like time? Like, how did you come to the decision of like, hey, like I've I've kind of figured this hosting thing out. I think I can uh, afford uh, to add another property to the portfolio. Like, how did you, how did you know it was time? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and I'm actually writing about this and I just started a newsletter and one of the topics I was writing about was this. It actually came from a mastermind that I went to. So I bought my condo in the summer of 2021. I had been airbnb it and having success. And I go to this con- conference in December hosted by Diego Corso. Um, so I just met like hundreds of real estate investors. And I had never been surrounded by so many people. Like all I knew was from the podcast and conversations. But like when you are surrounded by all these people and yeah. you become friends with them, it's like a whole different level. And then you're like, how, like, how do you have like six Airbnbs already? You're like, you just see what other people are doing. And then you're like, I was like, oh, I was, my plan was just to get one every year and just slowly house hack it. But now I'm learning like you can do so many things to get it faster. And obviously like you don't want to scale too quickly because that's how you can get hurt if you're just buying things without really knowing. But like I had been running this Airbnb, I had a lot of success but I was kind of almost underperforming because like once I got it established and I had it up and running, it was like, I just kind of waited because I didn't know I could do anything. I thought I had to wait until the next year to buy a new house. Yeah. But like when I surrounded myself with these people, it was like, Oh, no, like I'm ready now. Go get it. It's crazy. And where, where, what, where is the second property? Is it also in Austin? It's in Myrtle beach. It's in Myrtle beach. Okay. Uh, which is also, uh, I mean, a very different market. So, like, how did you how did you decide on the market? Like, so different. What, what what was the thing you uh, missed? So, 
uh, Diego's group of people. Freaking Diego, man! Diego, I, I feel like you just you just know you just owe everything to Diego, man. I gotta go check this guy out. Um, I don't know why I haven't heard of him. Really? Oh, he's the nicest guy ever. Okay. He's uh, he's been on a lot of bigger pockets. So I'm actually in his house right now okay. doing this. Oh, are you serious? Uh, yeah. Uh, Diego so strikes again. Austin, <laughs> yeah. When I moved to Austin, Jordan's like, "Hey, my friend Diego has a room in his house." That he needs to rent. Do you want to live with him? And I called him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was on bigger pockets." I'm like, oh, "Your voice did sound familiar." Like I had no idea, and I ended up living here. And it turns out Diego is like this absolute legend. Everyone loves Diego who knows him. <laughs> he's such a successful real estate investor. Um, he's a uh, entrepreneur. His story is pretty incredible. Like he came from Peru, DACA recipient, worked his you know what off uh, to. And didn't have like a, I didn't have a visa or whatever the right terminology there, but he basically couldn't get a job. And then he like hustled for it and got consulting gigs. Jeez. Uh, he's honestly like, if you could get one guest, like get Diego, I don't, he might be too busy at this point. Cause he's so I'm sure big, he's too big. <laughs> he's pretty big. But anyways, uh, I don't even know where this question is going, but he, I, I'm in his house. Where so, do we go from here? So, yeah, sorry. We, we were going, I was asking you about the market. Like, how did, how did you know to buy in oh, Myrtle Beach? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Diego has connected us with like people in, he had, he had been investing in Gatlinburg like, before Gatlinburg became Gatlinburg. Okay. Blew up Airbnb wise. He was investing and has several properties there. So then a bunch of people in his network started going there. And like, I know Avery Carl talked about it. So it just like yeah. blew up. Yeah. So I was like connecting people, like one of the big lenders that a lot of people in Diego's network had been buying from, uh, her name's Kim. I asked Kim, I was like, where's like the market people are going to after, like, okay. after Gatlinburg? Yeah. It's kind of like, it's very tough. Like I, I can't, I don't think I can really compete in here. And like the prices I'm going to, the prices I can afford to pay yeah. are pretty like basic. Yeah. The ones that are going to do really well are in the like over a million and I couldn't really get there. Yeah. So they, she was, she suggested Destin, Florida, um, Huntsville, I believe maybe. Okay. I could be in that wrong. And then Myrtle beach. And like, honestly, the real reason why I got Myrtle beach was because the agent that I connected with from Kim, the lender was the most responsive. And she just like <laughs> put the most effort and she spent the most time with us. And it was like, I'm going to go with you, Krista. So it's kind of crazy. Like, it's not like I'm sitting there in Excel formulas and I'm like analyzing the market. And I'm like, I'm not like, who's like, which municipality has the best STR rates? It was like, I just talked to people. Yeah. Like, you talk talk to people. To, and, and honestly, yeah. what I love about this, Bryce, and, and I think this is also a good takeaway, especially for those that are like newer to, to the game, is that's actually some, in my experience, anyways, like some of the most helpful places to just source information. And I, I, I was listening to, um, do you know, do you listen to the My First Million podcast? Have yeah. you heard of, okay, yeah. So Sam Parr and Sean, like one of the uh, one of the things I think Sam said at one uh, point, Sam Parr, for those that don't know, he's a founder of The Hustle. He sold his company to HubSpot. Um, actually, did, we did a cool little video with him that you can check out on YouTube. But um, anyways, I was talking to Sam and one of the things he said was like, what I, how I make decisions is I talk to like three to five smart people who are like in a space and then I just like, take the average of what they all said and I just do that. And I thought that was like such a like yeah. simple but like very helpful hack. Like talk to three to five people who know something, know more about something than you do, right? Who are who are maybe not, you know, experts in the space, but they've been in the game for a while. 
and take the common denominator, like the average, the, you know, the uh, of everything that they said, and then just do that. Like, I think that that can be a lot more helpful than watching like 100 hours worth of YouTube videos or trying to like listen to, you know, binge bigger pockets or, or what have you. So, um, anyways, for, for whatever that's worth, I think then the question is like, okay, well, how do I get conversations with experts? Like, how do I, how do I then like meet the people? How do I get in the room so that I can be asking these questions? Yeah. So with that question, I guess, I mean, so I was straight up lucky that I got Diego, like connected with Diego, but the reason why I got Diego was because I decided I was going to move to Austin. I went on bigger pockets. I started asking questions. This guy answered my question. I went onto his page. He hosts a podcast. So I listened to his podcast. Then I reach out to him and then he is like, helps me move. And then he tells me about Diego. (laughs) So it wasn't like, it's like, okay, obviously I'm lucky as heck to meet Diego, but I put all these steps forward to get lucky. Yeah. So if you want like actionable advice, I think the best, if you don't know anybody, one is like the bigger pockets form. If you're into real estate investing, like get onto bigger pockets, start asking questions. You will meet people. Another thing is Twitter. Um, yeah. I, I think you mentioned it before. And you could probably do this for like Instagram too. I'm just not as into Instagram. And uh, I think Twitter is probably a better platform for this specifically. But commenting on people, like following the right people and just keep commenting on their stuff. And it's not like, oh, awesome. You're not commenting. Oh, great posts. Yeah. Yeah. You're commenting <laughs> like, oh, like, you're you're buying an str in myrtle beach what were like the crites you could ask a question like what was the criteria used to make that decision a hundred percent and then it's like oh i can respond and then like what you should do on like let's say you're trying to if you're not if you're an into this is probably kind of niche but it's going to apply to a lot of other people if you're looking to get into short-term rentals or get into real estate and you have a twitter account like i'd create a profile and just say who you are and what you're trying to do and use your real face and follow all these people who are into real estate and are tweeting about it and comment on all their stuff. Yeah. It's not like you have to go out there and start making TikToks and uh, you know start a whole podcast to get discovered. Like just start commenting on people's stuff. Yeah. Uh, and like do it frequently. Like I, I met so many people on Twitter just from commenting. Like I I've had multiple calls. Like I if I keep on this track, I guarantee you I'll have a business partner and investors from Twitter. Dude, and I've yeah, only been doing yeah. it for a few months. I, I it's really from yeah. commenting. I, I, I want to just validate that. I, th- I even think that that might have been how how we connected. And I think like the yeah. the, the point um the point there that I think is is the the primary takeaway is like people people want to look smart. So if you ask a good question, right? If it's a stupid question, okay, like no one's gonna pay. You know, people are just gonna ignore it. But if you ask a good, good follow up question, like yeah, like hey, what were the what were the three most interesting questions you asked yourself before deciding to go all in on Myrtle Beach or like what were the three things in particular that you you know were looking for before you decided to to purchase a property in that particular market your your average person is going to want to answer that question because it's a good question right and and again people people like looking smart um and so I think that that's a, a tried and true strategy the other thing too is like there's just a lot of like crap out there and there's a lot of like people that are either just self promoting um and or people that are just like they're they're dishing out super super shallow content and i think one of the things that i've loved about just the entrepreneurship community in general on twitter this is 100 percent true in sort of like the str entrepreneur space as well is just like people really do want to help people like people people want to you know um a rising tide raises all boats as they say right like i, yeah. I think that that's that that could not be truer in in this 
particular like niche community of Twitter. You know, political Twitter is like a totally different story, but like the business, like entrepreneurship folks, I've met so to, to just validate again your point, I've met so many great people um, just on that platform. I think like literally like half, if not more, of the this podcast get the podcast guests have like come from Twitter. Um, so if you aren't yeah. if you aren't already and you want to learn, it's just a really great place to to get a free education. Quite frankly. Um, it on really that, is. On that uh, note, uh, oh, sorry, man. I, I got two final questions for you, but go ahead. Sorry, before I forget, before you forget yeah, what you were going to say. I was going to say, like, yeah, just to make it easy, um, if you want to add me on, you can go to, you don't even have to follow me. I'm not trying to get followers, but I'm at Bryce W. Garcia, B R Y C W G A R C I A. If you go to my profile, you'll be able to see the lists I follow. And this is super helpful to everybody. I follow a ton of lists and I've created some, um, but lists is like, cause when you normally go on Twitter, you just get whatever the algorithm shows you. Yeah. So yeah. what I like to do is, yeah, I go onto lists and I follow specific people, um, in that list. So I have like a list for short-term rentals. So if you go onto my profile and you look at on my profile, you could see the lists I view or list, I think it's like view the list, like view Bryce's list or something like that. Uh, you click on that and you'll have like 40 people right there who are into short-term rentals that you can follow and just follow that list. Yeah. And then um, instead of just going out to just generic Twitter, you go on, you just click onto that list. So I have one for short-term rentals, generic real estate. I have one about like business building and content creation. I have one about people who just talk about money, not necessarily real estate. I have a commercial real estate, like self storage list. Um, Those are things like I'm just trying to learn. So I have lists for that. Yeah. Um, But I would go on to lists and do it that way. And also my favorite Twitter hack, sorry, I'm taking up a lot of your time talking about this. No, this is good. This Um, is good. Yeah. If you if you Google tweet deck, so it's one word tweet deck, um, you'll be able to categorize. It's like a completely different view of Twitter. So instead of the normal feed, I build it out where it's like all of my lists are in one format. I mean, I can share my lit, my screen if you want to see it. I don't know how much time you have. Yeah. I, that, I, why I don't, well, yeah, why don't we, why don't, why don't we, um, we can, we, maybe we can link to it. Um, but, uh, in the, in the okay. show notes or people can link to it yeah. and, and kind of follow you to and so, ask so, you if they got yeah. more questions there. Basically you just go on tweet deck and you follow lists so you can arrange all of your lists in a row. Yeah. So that way you're seeing like, here's my short term rental list. Here's my general real estate investing. Here's my money list, whatever you want to do. But now I have a whole platform where I can just comment. And I just, one following those lists like I have is just going to save you a million, save you so much time in knowing who to follow. But then you can just comment and make like a hundred comments or 10 comments in 10 seconds. Like it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really 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 good tip for those who are just starting out. Uh, TweetDeck is a is a great tool. There's a plethora yeah. of other ones that are really good out there, um, as well. Uh, Bryce, final final question for you. Um, and let's just like stick in in the Twitter lane since that's where we've gone. And I think this is this is actually like a really good uh, crash course on how to use Twitter uh, if you want to grow yeah. as an SDR entrepreneur. Um, who are, who are you, like your three favorite people to to follow on Twitter and why? So you're. I mean, look, two of your guests, Tyann and Taylor Jones. Yeah. Um, with Tyann, I think she's like, I. What interesting is like, with her, she's super helpful and really good at messaging and like decor and everything. 
But like I found like if I have a question, like I can ask her or Taylor and they always answer both of them. Yeah. And then with Tyan, uh, wait, do you say Tian or Tyan? It, it's Tyan. Right? It's Tyan. Yeah. Like Tyan, Tyan what, is yeah, what she yeah, said on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Tyan, um, we even kind of have some different opinions about things. Like I might tweet, like one of my tweets recently was about how every time I've, I get a guest who asks like 30 questions, I'm like, this is a red flag. Cause yeah. like they've always been the most pain and the, you know what guests to deal with. So I tweeted that and then she's like, true, but here's my perspective. And then she like explains like maybe they had a bad experience in the last one. Yeah. So she always like, if I tweet something, she might even have a different opinion than me, but yeah. we'll like do it in a really nice way. That's like helpful. And I'm like, Oh, I can see why you would think that. Yeah. So I really like her. I really like Taylor Jones, uh, Rohan, 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 Dihar. Um, he's awesome. He's always responding to, to me if I make a comment and he's like super helpful to anybody else who asks questions. Oh yeah. He's um, from, uh, priceonomics or something like that yeah um, yeah he's a, i think a, he's the founder of that okay 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 yeah oh okay yes i have heard of them so he he's great um mark jenny, jenny oh mark's G, great yeah jay yeah he's doing really well uh he's kind of in he hit when i was making that comment earlier about like how you don't have to have these crazy airbnbs <laughs> he has crazy airbnbs i'm like he's I'm got kick-ass yeah, yeah he's got kick-ass airbnbs man he's amazing yeah. I, I have mad respect for him um but yeah that's and that's it, like next level that's that's not for beginners <laughs> yeah not for beginners uh, if i could shout out a couple other people uh Tom the at the frugal gay and then Lauren at Lauren adulting is easy. They've been um, just like awesome people to connect with on Twitter because they they're good real estate investors and they talk a lot about their you know their success but a lot of their failures and they've also helped me become a better communicator on Twitter. Like they both messaged me to like help me like how I write and like they'll always like go out of their way to like, like, or comment on my posts. So I think those two are awesome too. Yeah. Well, dude, this has been amazing. I, the great shout outs. We'll, we'll include all those, uh, handles in the show notes too. So if you want to go follow some cool people in the space and you aren't already active on Twitter, just scroll down to the show notes and you can follow all those people that Bryce just name dropped. But, um, and of course we'll, we'll put Bryce's handle first. So you can follow him. He's full, he's, uh, uh, full of really great insights. Um, and yeah, dude, I, again, I've just loved seeing how you've grown and started like taking, t- taking Twitter seriously. But, um, Hey man, this has been great. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Um, thanks for giving us a little bit of your story. Thanks for giving us a little bit of uh, lessons you've learned thus far. Um, thanks everybody for for tuning in today, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. 
and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.